Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, our next guest played 12 test matches for Australia, 52 one-day internationals, 167 first-class matches across a 16-year career, and every single one of them was full of effort. I'm talking about Carl Gray Rackerman. He's been good enough to join us on the line. G'day, Carl. Hey, Jimmy. How are things? Mate, really well. Uh, more to the point, how are you? Have you been watching much of, enjoying the ICC World Cup that we're getting to the pointy end of? It's been a tremendous tournament to this point and some of those upsets, uh, but that's all behind us now. We're in semi-final mode. Um, I, I haven't seen any games all the way through. Um, sleep's got the better of me, but I uh, watched a fair bit of the first innings of a lot of games. Um, I think India's put on a good show, haven't they? And generally yeah. speaking, the wickets have been very, very good. Um, having said that, so many people play in the IPL, so many players, they, they are used to the to those conditions and they know those grounds. But I, I think uh, I think that's been great viewing and um, it's certainly a great advertisement for 50-over cricket. All this talk that 50-over cricket's a thing of the past. Um, this tournament proves that that's not the case. But anyway, we know that India's in the final and we've just got to beat South Africa tonight. Yeah, that's exactly right. And avoid a cyclone. But we'll get to that very shortly. Just on that, you toured India and played one-day internationals there. And, of course, that was rare back in the state uh, in that day. But as you say, now Australians players and, and international players much more used to going over there. How different was it when, when you toured there, Carl, compared to um, the conditions that you were getting elsewhere in the world? Look, it was different. Uh, the Indian wickets... Um they're their own um, beast, if you like. Um, and there's a little bit of variance uh, around the venues, but, but it is different. The, the wickets certainly didn't have the pace in them that we're used to in Australia, um, or in some cases, uh, much bounce at all. Um, but we, I was on a tour in 1984 where we played uh, five one-dayers against India, who were then the reigning World Cup champions. They won the World Cup in '83. Yes, and um, we had two washouts and won the other three games. So we had a really good tour, and they had a hell of a side. Uh, Sunil Gavaskar was was there, Kapil Dev, um, and uh, pretty much the side that had won the World Cup. So we were sort of it's a tour that doesn't get talked about much, but we were pretty pleased with our efforts at the time in doing that. But yeah, today. And it was it was a new world for us, if you like, going to India. Not many in the group had played in India prior to that, but but now everyone has just about by virtue of the IPL and increasing numbers of of regular tours. So the conditions aren't foreign, but I think the wickets have probably been better. Uh, just looking at it, better than say they used to be in India going back. Um, I've been really impressed with the way the, the games have gone. The, the fast bowlers have been able to um, bowl bounces, which wasn't yeah. a given once upon a time. So that means the ball's coming on, and that's why batsmen have been able to make big scores and, and hit through the line of the ball for most, most of the time. So uh, in that regard, it's been excellent. 
Yeah, Runfest last night at Mumbai in India, too strong, as you say, into the final on the back of Virat Kohli, amazing, and Mohamed Shami, uh, just incredible, his seven wickets as well. We've got Australia in action tonight, Carl. What are you anticipating from the Australians? Firstly, from a selection point of view, are you a, are you a Manus selector or a Marcus selector? <laughs> yeah, uh, it looks like that's the one question, isn't it? Obviously, Mitchell Stark comes in. Um, from resting that last game, sorry, and um, but but uh, Maxwell's got to come in, and who does he come in for? Look, if it was me, and it's it's difficult being so far away. You need to be on the ground there to really um, know that you, you, your thought patterns are what they should be. But from this distance, I'd be tending to go with Labuschagne. Um, I know what Stoinis is capable of, but. I think we've got enough bowling options to that one more bowling option I don't think is going to make the difference. And certainly, um, if if he came into bat with, say, seven or eight overs left and, and had the freedom to just go nuts, I know that he's capable of doing all sorts of things with the bat at the end of an innings. But um, Manus um, can play that way himself, but it's not what he's there for. And I think what... What can go wrong? Uh, if everything goes right, um, Stoinis perhaps doesn't get a bat or a bowl. But yeah. if we lose some early wickets, I think this is where the question comes. If we lose some early wickets and we've got to rescue the innings, if you like, that's where Labashane comes into the game big time. So for that reason, and, and I think we've got enough bowling options otherwise, for that reason, I'd go Labashane. Now, whether the selectors agree with me or not, we'll find out. But That'd be my thoughts. Yeah, actually, you make a very good point about, um, you know, depending on the where the game is headed. Uh, you mentioned Glenn Maxwell coming back in. I've got to go back to that 201. Have you ever seen anything like it in your life, Carl, that performance he put on? Well, well nobody has. Um, it, <laughs> no. it was phenomenal, um, just phenomenal. And, uh, and, and the physical... Uh, Taylor took on him and in spite of that he still continued to find the boundary hardly able to stand up I mean it's totally remarkable um, so yeah and we may never see it anything like it again it was really uh, a unique um, performance um, I'm sure he's very proud of it he spoke afterwards that um, he was just doing as much as he could as quick as he could and that's what was needed by the way uh, and yeah. when you think that Australia was seven for 91, seven for 91 in a world yeah. of trouble and another quick wicket and it's absolutely all over. But um, Cummins played the anchor role at the other end. What, did he get 12 out of the partnership? But <laughs> yes. uh, someone had to do that and just let Maxi go. Um, a fantastic result. It was great for the dressing room. It was another win. So we lost our first two, but then won seven on the, on the hop after that. And uh, anyway, tonight we've got to turn it into eight. Yeah. Uh, just on that, you talked about touring in India, and, and I know back in the day that the the um, facilities and the accommodations that the Australian players enjoy now certainly weren't available to touring teams back then. And actually just getting a clean glass of water, is, uh, you know, it was difficult. Have you got any anecdotes around that, that particular time and what it was like as, as a touring Australian national team? Uh, look, I visited India twice, once as a player in 84, but then when I was coaching Zimbabwe, we toured there in um, 2000, and things had changed a lot in that time. 
so what's that, 16 years. But I remember 84, quite a lot of our guys had uh, stomach problems. Uh, yes. A few, few too many trips to the toilet. Um, it was just something that was inevitable, you might say. But I was lucky. I didn't have any issues. Um, we had to uh, drink bottled water only, clean our teeth in bottled water only, and we stayed at good hotels, and that's the only food we were allowed to eat was at the hotel. And then I think from memory the hotel uh, catered for the dressing room at, at the cricket match. So yeah, um, right. that was that was our protocol in 84. Uh, it was similar when I was there with Zimbabwe, but the standards in the dressing room, and which is around the world now, um, the the catering in the dressing room had taken another step. But just <laughs> as a coach, where you haven't got to be running out there and uh, playing any cricket, um, so we'd have breakfast at the hotel. This is in 2000 when I was there with Zimbabwe. Uh, we'd get to the ground and they had breakfast waiting for us there, so we had breakfast again, and um, <laughs> then we'd go and do our go and do the warm-ups. But there was snacks available, hot snacks all day, so that's pretty tempting as a coach to just walk past the past the table and grab another samosa or something. And um, <laughs> anyway, you'd you'd have lunch, and then there's more snacks after lunch, and then afternoon tea was a nice little feast in its own right. And uh, then a couple more snacks, and then come into play, come stumps. They kept lunch hot, so you could have lunch again, which I tended to do. And um, anyway, every day, every day, there was the promise that's it, we're not having, we don't need dinner tonight, we're not eating tonight. But you get back to the hotel, and there was nothing else to do. Oh, well, we might as well have dinner. So I just spent, oh, I don't know how much food I ate in that trip. I certainly put on a lot of weight, but. Uh, Delicious food, of course. How can you say no? Uh, exactly. Uh, Carl, my producer, Coach K, is a world-class eater. So he's, you've just made him incredibly jealous about touring India <laughs> right now. Uh, just on that, we had the great uh, Isaac Vivian Alexander Richards in commentary for a brief period last night. Now, it, Glenn Maxwell, it made me start thinking about the great hitters. I was sitting there with my wife, who's American, and I was just explaining what a great, great player Viv Richards was. You bowled to him. What was it like bowling to the great Vivian Richards? Well, he just had something at the crease, wasn't he? Um, what a player. What a tremendous player. And and the whole thing was uh, bad balls were going to go to the fence for four or six. But the better players hit good balls to the boundary as well. And that's what he was so good at. Um he did hit me into the second tier at the MCG um, over about long on, I remember. Um, but all of those players that, that we remember of that era, um, so we've got in our mind watching them play and what it was like. I'm just trying to think what one of today's bats would have been like in Viv's hands. Yeah. Um, it was bad enough with the bats that we had then. Um but today's bats, which are turbocharged, which hit the ball harder and further, if he had one of them, well, <laughs> just just good night. Um, it, it's a it's a real uh, dynamic of the modern game. Is is the cricket bats are so different to what they used to be, and uh, it's changed everything. And that's why we see so many more sixes um, and miss hits go over the fence. So once upon yeah. a time, I'll try in the batsman's mind. I'll try and hit this guy for six over over long off, let's say, 
Well, that's fine, and uh, we want batsmen to try and do that. But in his mind, is if he doesn't get it right, he could be getting out. And but that doesn't exist anymore. You don't get it right. You you, you know, it's whether you hit it forty rows back or only five <laughs> rows back, uh, because of today's bats. It's made such a difference to the game. Uh, combine that with bringing in the uh, the fielding rope as well, the boundary rope. So uh, it's all stacked oh, against yeah, the bowlers, right. mate. We we know that, Carl. Uh, just on that, though, you did knock Viv over uh, at the Test match in 1984, I think it was, at St. John's. So you wrestled in there when you got Pfeiffer for Australia. Well done. He was 178, but, you know, that you still right. got him. <laughs> yes, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Carl, um, Great to have you on, mate. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to this semi-final tonight uh, and great to get your thoughts across the World Cup. Yeah, and you said it right at the start, the weather. I haven't heard an update on that, but there's fears for the weather. I think tonight uh, won't be as bad, but if for some reason we don't get a result tonight, I think the weather's definitely bad tomorrow, so we, we really need it all to happen this evening. Been looking at weather.com throughout the course of the program right now. Percentage earlier today it was precipitation percentage chance at Kolkata was one percent, it's now up to 51 percent. So it's not looking good, Carl, but fingers crossed. Uh, fingers crossed, that's right. Yeah, thank you, mate. Hey, good, good to chat, and um, yeah, we we'll look forward to an Aussie win.